So I want to give a guided meditation on the elements. You know, that meditation is done to bring home the concept of anatta, not self. And it's not about, you know, it's not nothingness, but it's just a denial of a permanent self. Because we do exist, but we don't exist in the way we think we do exist. We don't exist from our own side. But we are like a coming together of causes and conditions. And, you know, through language with its nouns, we get conditioned so very, very deeply to think about things as things, you know, permanent objects. And, uh, you know, as I said before, you know, insight meditation is about, you know, guiding the mind to look at experience in a different way than usual look at different features of experience we usually don't look at. And so this element meditation is, is just one way of doing this, you know, of looking at experience in a different way than we usually look. And uh, <coughs> it helps us to shift identity from personal to universal. So, you know, that we experience ourselves as part of the cosmos, really. At least, you know, for in, on an intellectual level, we can relate to it. And then we can have like a glimpse of that, you know, when the boundaries of the body disappear for some time in the meditation. Then we can get an inkling of that and start to see ourselves as part of nature, what we really are. You know, usually, you know, we are taught that we are like the the boss of nature, you know, which is going to rip out what we like and throw back what we don't like. But that is not the case, you know, as we can see, we spoke about, you know, climate change before and all of these repercussions because we have, we are so misguided in the way how we are relating to everything outside of ourselves, so to say. And, it, you know, this meditation gives us a direct experience. And that's why, you know, the teachings of the Buddha, they are not descriptive. They are not telling us the way things are. But they are prescriptive, like a, a prescription of the doctor. You have to follow it. Then you're going to be healed, you know. And that's what we try to do. We heal our minds. <coughs> and the seven factors of enlightenment are considered, you know, ways to heal the mind from ignorance. And then, you know, through practicing in that way, we feel more and more enriched because we really become aware, yes, we do have those treasures, we do have those seven factors of enlightenment. We don't have to, you know, constantly run after this and that because we're already rich. It's like, you know, a poor person living in a small hut, not knowing that there's a treasure underneath in the ground. It's with us like this, you know. We need to dig down and we need to kind of pull out the treasures and polish them up, you know, then we can see. And that leads, you know, to an automatic letting go of grasping. Because if we feel rich, you know, if we feel full, if we feel content, we don't need so much stuff. So, you know, in particular, you know, doing this elements meditation and then relating it to the seven factors of enlightenment, 
that makes it even more powerful. Because the elements meditation on one level is a, is a concentration meditation or you know, collecting the mind by looking at a particular object in terms of the elements. And then, you know, later we're going to kind of uh, awaken the liberating potential by looking at the mind, which has been looking at the elements. So we're just starting by finding a, a posture we can sustain for about 40 minutes. And just connecting with the body. Again, you're not breathing in and breathing out. And I just want to maybe say one more time, you know, the word Dhamma, there's many different translations. We can call it the teaching, the truth, but we can also translate it as the laws of nature. And uh, in the Thai language, you know, the word, the contemporary word for natural is Dhammachat, which means Chati is birth in Bali and Dhamma is nature, born from nature. This is natural. This is just coming forth out of nature. It's the same way, you know, how we, in our language, natural and nature, being born out of nature. It's a kind of a process. So now we start with the densest of the elements, which is earth element. And we can connect, you know, with it in our own experience. You touch your fingernail or your, your teeth, that's hardness. That's a direct experience of hardness. Solidity the quality of structure and the quality of form and the function of earth element is to support and we can particularly you know, connect with it in the bones and the, the teeth are, and the fingernails are connected with the bones they fall in the same class We start, you know, with a body scan on the top of the head, just connecting with the bones in the head, skull, the hardness of it. And there's nothing particularly you have to do, but just bring up the perception skull and connect with that. The hard, white skull. And the teeth. And then just sweeping down to the neck, there's the vertebrae. And then the shoulder bone. And then sweeping down one arm, upper arm, lower arm, bones, and the hand. 
very many little bones and then sweeping down the other arm upper arm <coughs> lower arm and hand bone solidity and then becoming aware of the torso sweeping down the torso rib cage and spine bone white solid hard supporting the body to be upright bone and then the hip bone and one upper leg big thigh bone in there knee little bones lower leg and one foot lots of little bones the whiteness and the hardness and the solidity of bone and then the second leg upper leg thigh bone lower leg foot just bone sitting hardness, solidity structure so that's the most dense element and we take in earth element when we eat if we don't eat for a month or two we cannot live so we need to be in constant exchange with the environment and, and take in earth elements through the food and when the body dies it goes back earth element goes back to earth element then we do the next element is water element and the body consists about 75% of water element and uh, water element is represents liquidity fluidity and cohesion it binds earth element together like when you make a loaf of bread flour and water it sticks So its function is to bind. And then there's lots of water element in the body, blood, sweat, tears, urine, mucus, lymph, lots of different liquids in there. And we mostly can experience it in the mouth, the wetness in the mouth, the wetness in the eyes, and then also the blood, you know, which is permeating the flesh. So we're going to start to sweep up from the feet to the top of the head and pay attention to flesh, which is just above the bone and below the skin, the soft flesh. Starting with one foot <coughs> and just connecting with the 
experience of flesh in the foot, lower leg, upper leg, and then the second foot, flesh, liquidity, lower leg, upper leg, and then we come to the hip area. The bottom is a huge piece of flesh, lots of blood in there, connecting with that. Then the torso with all of the organs inside. And then one hand, lower arm and upper arm. The other hand, lower arm, hand, lower arm and upper arm, the shoulders, neck and the head, water element. Water element internally and water element externally is exactly the same. You know, the oceans and rivers and the rain and the snowpack exactly the same as the water element inside the body. And there has to be a constant exchange. If we don't drink for about two days or three days, we're going to not be able to live. Then the next element is <coughs> fire element, which you know represents heat and temperature and life energy. It comes from the sun. And its function is to mature. So you know the older we get, the more we dry up get wrinkled in the face and skin wrinkles, the fingernails change and it's like cooking. We cook, we are slowly cooked while we live. And we can experience, you know, the heat element on the skin, where the skin meets the air around us, we can feel the temperature or under our armpits, in the mouth as well, maybe on our, the palms of our hands. It's the heat element. And we can sweep down, you know, from the top of the head. Connecting with the heat element as it's felt on the skin. Sweeping down through the neck to the shoulders, the skin, then sweeping down both arms, down to the hands, perceiving heat or temperature, fire element, and then the torso, you know, the digestive 
tract of the body produces heat element when it digests food and then going down through the hip area, both legs to the feet, heat element heat element externally and heat element internally is exactly the same. There's no difference. If we are not, you know, having a appropriate temperature for a few hours, we cannot live. Then we come to air element. And the air element uh, represents movement, mobility and vibration. You know, we can experience it through the breath and if the mind is refined, it can also experience it as oscillatory quality of the body. You know, it's kind of, there's a constant vibration happening. arising and ceasing on a very small level. And the function of air element is to move. So we can either you know, feel the air around ourselves or feel the air coming into the body and coming in and breathing out. And even you know, you, if you're breathing in, you can feel that down to the tips of your toes. So we can start with the toes on both feet. And sweeping up, lower legs and upper legs. The hip area, the torso. Expands when we breathe in and contracts when we breathe out. The neck and the hands and arms and the head. Air element. Air element externally and air element internally is exactly the same. It's going to constantly get recycled. <coughs> There's like an exchange between those, you know, who breathe in oxygen and the trees take in the CO2 and then change it into oxygen again. So there's this very complex net of interconnectedness which we are part of. And if we don't breathe, you know, for a few minutes, you know what happens. We cannot live. So it depends, you know, not eating for two months, not drinking for a few days, not having heat for a few hours, not breathing for a few minutes, and we fall apart and go back to nature. This is the way things truly are.
And then the last element is the space element, the cavities in the body, you know, the ears, nose, mouth, stomach, womb, all the cavities, eye sockets. In space element we can experience it by connecting with the space around us. then sweeping down, you know, and seeing it, seeing the eye sockets, ears, the mouth. Stomach, the cavity of the ribcage, the womb. Space element. Space element externally and space element internally is exactly the same, there's no difference. And then we just, you know, imagine if there would be no space in the body, if it all collapse onto one little contracted something. We wouldn't be able to live either. You know, becoming aware of the space in the mouth. And just, you know, going from that space, going out into the space around us, the whole, the room, you know, which is filled with space. And the space goes on outside of the walls of the house, goes out, you know, through the valley, through the whole universe, space element. There's no solidity, no differences, empty of difference. Just space. We're just connecting with the boundless space around us. And it can help us, you know, if we are just listening, figuratively speaking, listening to the silence opens the mind. silence behind the sounds and just allowing the mind to really open out wide and then shifting from the silence to the spaciousness allowing the sounds to be there but paying attention to the spaciousness which is permeated by silence. So experiencing infinite space. There is the spaciousness, 
which is empty of difference, is our object now. It's a very refined object. We usually don't pay attention to space, but we pay attention to things in space. So and when the mind wanders off into thinking about something, just come back to listening to the silence and then shifting from the silence to the spaciousness. Empty of difference. Then the next step is to drop the object, which is spaciousness, and and just becoming aware of the subject, the knowing of the spaciousness. And just not intellectualizing it, just kind of intuitively turning towards the knowing, that which knows spaciousness. No object, only subject. Subject knowing itself. Being the knowing. You know, the clarity of the knowing. And then, you know, what is known moves through like a stream. There's some sounds maybe some thoughts, sensations, just letting it be and connecting with that which knows, which is also not a thing, but for now we just connect with the subject. That's a meditation from the Thai forest tradition. Being the knowing, call it Puru, the one who knows. So turning the subject onto itself.
And you know what we tend to start to see is like the subject is the sky and then objects are moving through like clouds. They don't leave any trace behind because they are impermanent. But the subject is. then, you know, we're letting go of the I in the background. There's like always like a certain protection of I am the knowing. But this is just a perception, dropping that I in the background. Just being the knowing. The eye is not needed for knowing to happen. Knowing just is. So there's just knowing and no seeing, nothingness. You're not dropping the ego then there is no subject and no object. And then the only concept which is still there is the concept of empty or nothingness. No object, no subject, empty of object, empty of subject. What is left is the concept of emptiness or anatta, not self. No selfing. That's a very peaceful state, you know, it's a temporary liberation of the mind. By starting, you know, starting with the elements and then getting increasingly more refined, ending up with space, seeing infinite space, and then dropping that as an object and becoming aware of the knowing, which is also without boundary, because that which is known is without boundary, so the, that which knows also is without boundary, otherwise it wouldn't be able to know it. And then dropping the eye behind the knowing and just experiencing empty knowing. So you know, get ever more subtle in terms of concepts, starting with earth and ending with emptiness.
And I'm paying attention to the sense of, you know, a subtle sense of joy or contentment permeates that state. That's what meant with gladdening the mind, you know, by being aware of that subtle quality of joy, which is there. And if we are, you know, making that conscious, that helps us to train the mind to return to it. Like, you know, uh, if you give a dog a little treat, if it's doing a good thing, it's going to do it again. The mind is just like a little dog in that sense. Reward-based learning. So whenever the mind starts to contract, you know, around the story or something, if you, you know, if it, the object starts to kind of come back, then you can just start again with, uh, you know, bringing up one of the elements. Or if it's not so contracted, you can just come back to listening to the silence, and then you know, dropping the listening, becoming aware of the spaciousness. So that's a temporary liberation of the mind through meditation, through paying attention to knowing and the clarity of it. Just you know, if we do this kind of meditation, it can be that we are you know, spacing out. It's very important to keep really rooted in the body and to bring in a sense of 
interest and curiosity, so kind of checking on the seven factors of enlightenment, you know, and if needed, to bring a bit more energy. So checking, you know, are the seven factors of enlightenment operating or not? Do I need to bring in a bit more tranquility or collectedness of mind or equanimity? Mindfulness knows what is needed. So, you know, sitting with the mind open like this and paying attention to impermanence as it moves through the mind like the clouds in the sky. So, temporarily, you know, the hindrances are in abeyance and because of that we can see with much more clarity than usual. Calmly knowing change. Then, you know, the time comes for the meditation to end. So then we are, you know, kind of letting go and reflecting on impermanence of that, you know, maybe very sublime mind state. It's only temporarily. We need to let it go now. And the easier we let it go, the less suffering there will be.
So now paying attention to endings. Paying attention to the whole spectrum from beginning to the end. I'm just going to ring the bell and then if you want to continue sitting then you do that or otherwise you can go out for some walking meditation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.